right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. We don't got time for that. Right? Let's go. Break it. Break it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. It's NFL Draft Day. It is here. Draft Day. Last year, this day really snuck hey, up on do me. Do you like the movie, Draft Day? No, I do not. Do really? you? I don't think it's a very I good don't movie. Even remember, I mean, I've, I think I've seen it, but I don't really remember it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I haven't even seen that it. That probably know. doesn't tell you it's a good movie if you have seen it. And you maybe don't not. remember any of it. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, then, then, okay, do that. Instead of watching the draft tonight, I want watch you to day. watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you start watching draft day when the draft starts, you'll be done before the Chiefs pick. Like probably, the Chiefs yeah. probably won't pick till oh, what, like 10 after o'clock? 10, easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's 11, so much maybe? pomp and circumstance and BS and just general crap. Yeah, it's going to take forever. Yeah. That's one of the bad things about being the last pick. It's like, you want to stay up for it, but like, dude. Well, who knows? Maybe they'll trade up. They could trade up. Rev each wants to do that, maybe. True. Uh, last year, this day snuck up on me because you had KU winning the national championship, which was in April. So the season was a few weeks later. Yep. And then you're just recapping that. You have the parade and, and everything, and it's just a whirlwind. And all of a sudden, you're on draft week, and you're like, oh, look at this. Okay, you kind of stole my thunder, but there's other huge news. Mm. Huge Is it about the news. Braves not being aware, allowed massive, to wear their big hat anymore? Massive, significant. That's ridiculous. I could go three hours on huge that. Huge news. Okay. No. The one and only. Jerry Springer died today. Mm. My great uncle. Yeah, as you say, are you, you're relative. My great uncle Jerry. Yeah. Well, great I'm, uncle I'm Jerry. surprised you're I'm in the take, studio. I'm, I'm take, surprised. Yeah. I'm going to take a couple days off in, in mourning. Going to have mean, to go to his funeral. Do you think you would be able to convince our oh, uh, oh. our bosses for that you need a couple days off to mourn? Mm. Well, I mean, if they're listening right now, I guess not. But yeah, you're kind of screwed there. Potentially. But no, seriously, like, dude, when I was when I was in college, I would go to parties and I would tell people that. I'd be like, hey. <laughs> Jerry Springer's my guy. And I'm, I guarantee you, there are some people walking around today that so I met that Jerry Springer's that. grandson. Yeah, or whatever. Or, yeah, great nephew. <laughs> yeah, dude. Perfect, perfect party bra- uh, icebreaker. Oh, whatever yeah. You say, whatever you want to call it. Hey, do you know who Jerry Springer is? Oh, yeah. yeah that guy? Dude, great, I've met him. That's, <laughs> that's Papa, Papa Jerry. I mean, I guess in theory, you know, Springer's a... A unique enough last name that it's not unique like enough. Yeah, it's not that crazy to think that I could potentially be related to him. Yeah, it's like I could never get away with. It's like, oh really, <laughs> Johnson? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, with today being draft day, we will talk some uh, KU basketball. We're going to go into the transfer portal. We actually have a little KU football on into the transfer portal too, coming at four oh five. We have one RCST trivia matchup today. We were supposed to have yeah. two. One of them got pushed back, but don't worry, we have six tomorrow. So that's yep. exciting. Yep. Um, we're going to be joined, joined by Chad Brown to talk a little bit more NFL draft at 340. He's a 15-year NFL pro, so he'll join the show a little bit later. We have Florida Man Mad Libs. We're going to do a, a time capsule in the 5 o'clock hour, which we'll uh, talk more about that at 5 o'clock. Yeah. But uh, what I want to do at the top here is, with the Chiefs having this late first-round pick, is talk about really the main three positions, but we'll get to another as well. Um 
it seems most likely you look at the betting odds like DraftKings. It's been kind of bobbing up and down between like plus 170, plus 300 for receiver, defensive line and offensive line for them to have their first pick. Seems most likely that is going to be the position. Now, there could be a tight end or who knows what if what if they did do the running back thing that was reported the other day. Yeah. But for the most part, those are the three. So I wanted to go through different scenarios and talk about players that um are likely or are options for the Chiefs and who you would like in those specifics. So I have okay. this kind of tiered out. Let's start with the receiver position. That's one that obviously is the sexy position that's out there. Yes. Uh, there are two ways of looking at this. If the Chiefs stay put and if the Chiefs trade up. All right, I just want to preface this whole discussion by saying I, I don't think there's a pick the Chiefs could make where I would be like, I hate that pick. Mm. Like I, I'm, I'm, I am entering this season's draft with the sense of like, I, I just I don't I mean like I just don't think I'm gonna get myself too worked up one way or the other about what the Chiefs do with this pick. Like, if they trade up and get a guy, great. If they stay put and get a guy, great. Whatever. I don't. I mean, I I, I am coming into this with a very very mellow feeling of like you know what? Well, you won Chiefs, your second Chiefs Super, won Bowl. The Super Bowl. Like, you can't hurt me. I'm not gonna let myself Invincible. get worked up over yeah. what happens. So I will pick. say, like I, even if they draft like Jameer Gibbs, I'm just not gonna be mad about it. I tend to agree with you. They're still you're still in that like honeymoon. You can't do anything wrong phase. But I will say, last time I felt like that was when they last won the Super Bowl, <laughs> and then they drafted Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the first round, and that did not work out. Fine, so sure. I'm, I'm stuck it between the out, spot it's of like, like. But were you mad when they did it? No, I wasn't. See, yeah. So if they draft yeah. Jameer Gibbs, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad. I'm just going to be like, I don't eh, know, man. You know, whatever. Are that you going to be a little ticked off? You're going to be mad about that it. That might make me a little ticked off. A little bit. A little fired up for <laughs> Friday. Uh, so let's uh, receivers though. Uh, okay. Let's say they trade yeah. up. Let's say they stay put. Who who do you want? All right. Well, I think if they trade up, Zay Flowers is the most common name they've been connected to, and the guy that has the potential to float into the 20 to 25 pick range where they would feasibly be able to trade up for him. Uh, but the other guy that I would keep an eye on is Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's also projected to be in like the 10 to 20 range. I, I don't know. This, this draft, I, I think I said this to you off earlier today, like it, it kind of feels cliche to say because I feel like people say it every year. But like this year feels even more so like it's pretty unpredictable like what who's going to go where and what players are going to end up doing what. Uh, which, again, I, I think it's pretty cliche to say because I feel like people probably say that every year. But, like, I don't know. This year feels even more so to me. Yeah. I So I, I really like Flowers. Like, flowers, it, it seems like, could go anywhere from, like, 15 to 25, basically. Right. Right. I, I, I don't know where same he's going to go. I, same deal with JSN. Yeah, I think uh, he his over-under was 22 and a half. So, like, trading up for Zay Flowers to, like, Could cost you a third-round pick or something. Would be. I don't know. I would be nice. Second round but pick, maybe. Trading up to get Zay Flowers and you have to trade up to like pick 14. Not worth it. No. Right. Yeah, I think for me, when I think of any of these players in the trade up range, I'm thinking around the, pick 20 to yes, 23, right? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm not thinking in the teens. But yeah, if Zay Flowers is there, I'm, I'm very interested. Ran a 4 4 40. He's a little bit smaller, but he's got such good quickness. Because the, these are all guys that I like, but I definitely don't like the, any of them enough to go to like pick 15, like you were saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, there are some. I don't know, catching questions with, with Zay Flowers maybe, um, but he's so elusive with the ball in his hands. Good yard-after-catch guy, and a really good route runner. Listen, the discussion around the wide receiver, it's like, I think you, you mentioned this, it's kind of, I don't want I don't think silly is the right term, but it's like they're coming into a Chiefs offense with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like, a, assuming they can catch and run routes, they're probably going to have a decent chance to be somewhat successful in the Chiefs offense, Right. So at that point, it just comes down to what fit the Chiefs want. 
Yeah. I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba, I would I would love him. I I think he basically to me is Juju Smith Schuster replacement and year like to me he feels like the most ready year one. I would be worried about a receiver in the first round that it's gonna take them a year to get going. With Smith and Jigba, I feel like he would be able to yeah. go right away for you. I mean you look at Sky Moore. Yeah. His expectations were pretty high and it took him literally the whole year. But he probably doesn't have as high of a ceiling as some of the other guys. Maybe. I don't know. I, I do think we are probably like you'll see people talking about that, oh, he'll just be like a solid you know, guy, I, I do think there is some potential there. I mean, he had 1,600 receiving yards in 2021 at Ohio State with yes. a loaded receiver. Well, also, roster. I actually, I saw a highlight video of, I think it was the Texas uh, High School State Championship game where he had like six touchdowns and like 300 yards or something. And I was like, dude, this dude was like 16 years old just going nuts. Yeah, he's he's uh, really, really good and just a really good route runner, can work in the slot and everything. So he would make a lot of sense. I, I think if they're staying put... For me, like Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison aren't guys that I would love trading up for. But if they're there at third, I mean, I guess if you're trading up to like pick thirty or pick twenty nine, just because you want to secure it and it costs you a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick, like okay, <laughs> that's fine. But those guys are, are both guys in the case of Addison and Johnston that I view as having high ceilings, low floors. But to your point, if you put them in the Chiefs organization, I feel good about them. Yeah. With Addison, it's the size that kind of bothers me. Like there aren't a lot of guys. Like, he showed up at 173 pounds at the Combine. He dropped to 170 at his pro day. And realistically, if you're showing up to the Combine at that when you have weight dis uh, you know, discussions, you're probably realistically, your playing weight is 160, 165. But I will say, with Addison, uh, here's a little, uh, there's a really good thing in the athletic called the Beast. It's the big draft guide and stuff. Uh, it says, Addison, he played multiple positions throughout youth football, leading the Chiefs to a championship as a read option quarterback. So he's won a championship oh. with the Chiefs before. Is it already meant to has be? a championship with the Chiefs. Yes, is it meant to be? So he would be getting his second championship with the Chiefs if he joined the Chiefs. Yeah, so I mean, uh, all about that. But he's he's a good route separator and stuff. I just don't know how much he's going to do with the ball in his hands. Um, he feels like more of like a, a really good slot receiver for me that doesn't have like a super high... Yeah. Um, I Like, I don't see him being like a 1,200-yard receiver guy. Uh, with Quentin Johnston, he'd be like he's boomer bust to go me. Go get it. Yes, he's your go-get-it guy. He's your deep ball threat. He's your which the Chiefs throw a little drag route to and let him run because yeah, he's really good at the, the ball Chiefs in his have hands. never really had that with Mahomes. No. Right? So that would be helpful. I mean, that type of tall receiver that can just go up and get a ball. Yeah. That's not really Mahomes' game either. No, but that's the thing. So I, I don't know where to go with this because the receiver, Mahomes has done best with the receivers that are able to separate. So yeah. maybe that is Addison and Flowers and, and JSN. But then again, he's not really a maybe it's, catch guy. Maybe it's just because he hasn't had that guy. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I will say, though, my verdict on receiver, I would prefer the Chiefs not to take a receiver in the first round. Really? Like, I will, if they take one, I'm not going to be upset, and I'll be happy. It's fun. It's fun. Like, there's there's no way of getting around that. It's fun for fantasy football. It's fun for all that stuff, right? I, it, I'm not going to be upset if they take a receiver. The way I view it is that if you're going to have to wait a year on a receiver anyway, take someone in the second or third round, beef up your offensive line or defensive line. Jalen Hyatt, come on down. No, thank you. Not even oh, in, the in the second round? round. In the second round, yes. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Or the uh, Mingo kid from Ole Miss or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's options there. Now, to me, if it is, like, if you're giving me my choice, the guy I would circle the most would be a defensive lineman. If you can, if, if Lucas Van Ness drops to, like, pick 20 or 21 or 22, like, I would be all about that. But to me, I, I think that's the position I'm in on the most right now for the Chiefs. It's... 
it's one where my heart is saying receiver. My heart is saying receiver because it's fun, right? It is fun. My mind is saying, bro, you know how boring line. it is to talk about a, taking like a guard or a tackle? I know. That's boring. I know, but my, my mind is like take an edge rusher. You lost Frank Clark. You lost Carlos Dunlap. Frank like, Clark could come back. He could, again, but you still need edge rushers. You, you need it if you're the Chiefs. You're going to be up in games. You're, you're looking to close the games, and it never hurts to beef up the defense. Yes. Uh, will Anderson will be like a top five pick. Tyree Wilson will be a top ten pick. Lucas Van Ness might go right around the top ten. He might go in the 20 range. Yep. I don't know. And then Nolan Smith uh, is another guy. Yeah, I feel like he'll range. be gone by then. Um, but, yeah, same kind of thing. And then there's guys that are kind of uh, in the – Range of where the Chiefs could be, like Miles Murphy, BJ Ojolari, Felix NUDK Uzoma from Kansas State, yeah. uh, Will McDonald from Iowa State, Keon White from Georgia Tech. Keon White is the one where he's very boomer bust. I would be not about that. Will McDonald and FAU from Kansas State feel like more second round picks to me, but yeah. I guess I wouldn't hate it because it is a position to need. Ojolari would be very cool with Miles Murphy. I would love. If the yeah, Chiefs Miles, were able to get him. Miles Murphy's been getting a lot of love, even in some mock drafts for the Chiefs. So he's the guy that seems to be on the Chiefs' radar as a potential pick, certainly. But if they are able to trade up and get Nolan Smith or Lucas Van Ness, I think that would be a home run. Yes, could be. And then obviously you could take an interior defensive lineman. A guy that you see mocked to the Chiefs a lot is, I don't know if it's Mozzie or Maisie Smith. I think is it's the proper way. Okay. I think it's Maisie Smith. So he's from Michigan. That would be fun to just pair him with Chris Jones and have another really good defensive tackle in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when people think pass rush, they obviously jump to the edge guys, right? Mm-hmm. But like some of the more dominant pass rushers can be interior guys too. Obviously, Aaron Donald and Chris Jones, uh, and uh, somebody else was on my mind. Uh, the guy from the guy Force from Buckner, the guy from um, Chicago, uh, Hakeem. No, Hakeem Hicks. Yeah, no, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. might be. I think that's right. But the point being, like you can. You you can look. You don't have to if you're looking for pass rushing. It's not strictly well. We got to get an edge guy. You can look at other places. Yeah, for sure. And with Smith, um, like that would be one where I that wouldn't be like a trade up one for me. That would be no, like a, no. yeah, if he's there at 31, you're happy with it. I, I think the same. Like Miles Murphy's kind of a, a tweener where it's like he would be one where it's like if you trade up to 25 or something. Like I would understand yeah. that. Yeah. But that's the position to me where I'm kind of circling the most because I I think to me it makes the most sense. Um. You know, you e- even when you look at the guys you have under contract, having Charles Omenihu now, even if you did go out and get Frank Clark back, probably a one-year deal. Omenihu is only on a two-year deal, right? Like, it makes a lot of sense to bring in another yes. defensive lineman. Yes, definitely. Now, you could also beef up the offensive line. Never say no to that when you have Patrick Mahomes. Just protect yeah, your quarterback, I'll, right? I'll just, yeah, I'll just say this. If you get mad about the Chiefs taking an offensive lineman, look at the quarterback! <laughs> what? What do you mean? Yeah. You got to protect that guy! Because I think I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes healthy, with bad receivers, equals is going to be better. Very good. Yes, equal exactly equals still very good, uh, and protected Patrick Mahomes who's getting time to throw equals very good, uh, versus Patrick Mahomes with a bad offensive line getting hurt, running around and or getting hurt. That's how bad you end up bad, even if you have a good receiver, right? So uh, not, unless, not unless you draft Hen and Hooker, according to Chris Collinsworth. Well, there no, no, thank you to that. There, there are levels to it. Like I remember the uh, the, the Bengals debates when they were between Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase. If it's a Jamar Chase, yeah, okay, take the receiver because you can just throw it up to him and, and that's whatever. But with where the Chiefs are picking, there's not a Jamar Chase, right? So uh, the offensive line is is totally fine there. I think if you're going to trade up, 
I don't know if Broderick, okay, Paris Johnson is known as like the best pass blocker, but he's supposed to go like top five, maybe for sure top 10. That would cost too much for the Chiefs to trade up. Broderick Jones is interesting. His over-under for his draft was 14 and a half. If he falls like pick 18, you know, maybe you can make that move up there. He would make a ton of sense. Good, yeah. Um, Otherwise, if you stay put or maybe just have to trade up a little bit, Darnell Wright would make a ton of sense to Tennessee. So he's someone who there's questions about if he could play left tackle, but he was dominant as a right tackle, did really well against like Will Anderson in that specific matchup. Well, that's perfect for the Chiefs because you could play him at right tackle. Yeah, because because they have Jawan Taylor, who I think could probably play either tackle position. If you're going to go out and draft a tackle, it doesn't have to be a right tackle. It doesn't have to be a left tackle. You can probably get one or the other. And then, uh, again, I mean, Jawan Taylor played right tackle, but it sounds like the idea is that he could maybe switch over. So you're not you don't, you're not pigeonholed with who you could potentially take if, if you were to go that route. Okay, let's say they do go a different position than those main three. Okay. What would you be looking for? How about this? Brian Branch, mm. the cornerback safety from Alabama. Really good player. Yeah, really solid. How do you feel about that one? I, I, I would be cool with that. I mean, okay, so think about it. You lose, uh, oh gosh, uh, Juan Thornhill. Yes. I almost called him Juan Johnson for some reason. <laughs> um, you lose Juan Thornhill yep. to the Cleveland Browns, yep. so you're already losing safety. Now, you did take uh, the kid from Cincinnati last year. Yeah, Brian Cook. So, yeah, Brian Cook. The, what, you have Justin Reed. You have McDuffie, obviously. You yeah, and then Jerry they signed Sneed. like two veterans to like cheap one-year deals, but yep. those are deals that doesn't guarantee you're going to be on the roster necessarily. Yep. So it would not hurt if, I mean, Brian Branch. And they haven't extended Snead yet. I, mean, is I really hope good they play. do. Yeah, exactly. They, they play haven't that yet, role. But I hope they do. No, I I, I think that does make some sense. <clears throat> I, I I think it does. Um, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, no. <laughs> no, thank you. Dalton Kincaid. Jameer Gibbs in the second round, sure. Dalton Kincaid, love it. Absolutely love it. Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, absolutely love it. Which would you prefer? Uh, Kincaid. So Kincaid is is the better like route runner, pass catcher. Everyone seems can to think Mayer is the better tight end, though. That's because Mayer is a better blocker, and with Kincaid, there is some injury stuff there. But to me, I think like everybody keeps saying with Michael Mayer that he'll be just like a he's not going to be a superstar. I don't know if he'll ever be a top three tight end, but he's just going to be solid. He'll always be a top. 10 tight end in the league, be a solid blocker, he'll be a solid pass catcher, but like he's not going to blow the doors off the defense. With Kincaid, maybe there's more bust potential, but like there's way more room that he becomes Travis that Kelsey. top tier of tight end, you know? Yeah, Travis Kelsey. And to me, that for sure. I would even be interested in in the next tight end who's kind of being seen is Luke Musgrave. He's uh from Oregon State. Yeah, he's gotten a lot more talk recently, I feel like. I don't yeah. I didn't really hear about him or hear about that much like a while back, but he's his name is popping up more. Yeah, and he's a guy who is just like all athlete at tight end. Now, obviously, there's Darnell Washington, the giant guy. Here's the thing: I I will say in in the same vein as receiver, I think I would prefer the Chiefs. Like again, tight end for me would be like this is a heart pick. Like that'd be awesome, right? Bring get another skill weapon for for Patrick Mahomes. But my head is saying, okay, but they're saying this is one of the deepest tight end drafts we've seen. Why not take advantage of that and get your tight end in the second, third, fourth round of the draft? But those guys are Could so be. good. And, and yeah, I mean, with uh, with Mus- Musgrave specifically, he was at the uh, Senior Bowl. He got clocked as the the fastest tight end like that they've ever had at the Senior Bowl since they've had wow. that technology, like in wow. terms of mile per hour speed. Um, but he got injured. He has he only played in, in um, 
two games last season. Was he? Well, never mind. And, and the production was really good in those two games. He had 11 catches, had a touchdown in there, had 170 yards. Um, he, four of his 11 catches went for 25 or more yards. He also had a block punt return for a touchdown as a junior. Like, really athletic player that... I mean, is gigantic, six foot six, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. <laughs> That's like, a very large person. It is a very large person. He has a really big like wingspan and everything. I would be all about that, but again, there's part of me that's like, from a value perspective, <clears throat> is that the best pick? So we'll, we'll see Dude, who they end up picking. I on. hate that crap. Oh, from a value perspective, <laughs> no, who cares? If it's the guy you want, doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess. I I do think there's there's enough solid options for the Chiefs to go with that it would be hard to have a disappointing draft night tonight. I agree. Yes. That's kind of to circle back. Like I said, like I, I, I just don't, whatever the Chiefs do, I don't see myself getting worked up about it. Like I'm going to be probably pretty happy regardless of what they decide to do. Yeah. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We are going to talk a little more NFL draft with uh, Chad Brown, a three-time pro bowler. He'll join us at 3.40 here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk into the transfer portal at the 4 o'clock hour along with uh, some RCST trivia, an NFL draft time capsule, Florida Man Mad Libs, all that to come on this edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, and we're joined now by a special guest. That would be one Chad Brown, 15-year NFL veteran, three-time pro bowler. He's on TV work, radio work, and right now he uh, is on a local radio show at 104.3 The Fan in Denver. So, Chad, I appreciate you joining the show today. NFL Draft coming at you tonight. Uh, Before I get into some of the things about the draft and and maybe, I don't know, obviously with your neck of the woods, you're you're viewing the Chiefs from the the bad way uh, over there, but, but what kind of things would make sense for them. Uh, just in in general for you as as somebody who did get to go through the NFL draft process back uh, uh what what is draft day like what is today like as a player it's a stressful day there's so much uncertainty and outside of maybe Bryce Young um most guys don't have no idea where they're going uh there's so many different possibilities out there you know you try to begin to look back and reflect on this was a conversation i had at the combine this is a conversation I had on my, my workout on campus. This conversation with somebody when I went and visited the Cowboys or the Steelers, whatever the case may be, when you're trying to figure out what in all this smoke screen actually is real and what's just smoke. And so that day is full of uncertainty. Uh, on one hand, you're happy because most likely your childhood dreams are about to be fulfilled. You've worked incredibly hard to be at this moment. Um, but with that moment comes all that uncertainty and, you know, in some ways, you just want to kind of hurry up and get the day over, know where you're going, know who you're playing for, and who your, you know, wagon is going to be hitched to for the next, hopefully, you know, three, three to four to five years, but maybe even longer than that. You got taken in the second round yourself. I'm curious because, you know, the guys who go high in the draft the first, second round, it's kind of that, that weird spot about, I, I don't know, were you were you ticked off that you didn't go in the first round, or were you just overly excited that, you know, you got drafted and, and that you were a higher-round pick? I knew there was an outside chance I could be a first-round pick, and uh, the San Francisco 49ers, I guess, had targeted me as a first-round pick. My mother's childhood best friend grew up in San Francisco, so my mother called me the morning of the draft. Oh, my God, Chad, you're on the front page <laughs> in San Francisco on the sports page. 
you know, it would be so great to have you here in California. I'm a Southern California guy. You can still be in the state. Um, but a player who they had graded at a higher draft grade than me slid down to them. And I think San Francisco had to make the 17th pick in the draft. So I wasn't selected by San Francisco. The Pittsburgh Steelers also had a first-round grade on me, but they also had a first-round grade on my college teammate, Deion Figures, who won the Thorpe Award that year. So they picked Deion Figures with the first-round pick. So I slid all the way to number 44. Um, but in, the, in terms of you know, the perfect home for me, I think it was a great fit. Uh, I come in as a high draft pick, so the money's still good and the respect is still good, but not all the pressure for the first-round draft pick gets. And I go into a linebacker room with Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd and LeVon Kirkland, and, and we're coached by Marvin Lewis. It was absolutely the best place for me to learn how to be an NFL player was a part of that linebacker room in Pittsburgh. So uh, I have no regrets at all about my draft day. I'm not mad that I wasn't a first-rounder. Heck, I played 15 years. And, you know, At some point, you got to move on <laughs> and focus on what's in front of you. Yeah, that's for sure. I just I, I think back to the – I think it was Jamal Adams uh, uh, tweeted – that he was the sixth pick in the draft, and he's like, I still remember all the people picked in front of him, and I remember Marshawn Lynch uh, talking. He was like, dude, there were like five guys picked in front of you. You're fine. So I just thought that was kind of funny. And, and getting the player perspective, now uh, tonight is the first round of the NFL draft. Is there a player, can be any position, anybody that you feel like is going to be a first-round pick that you feel best about being an NFL star? Uh, well, just just to back up a second. Yes, I did take note of all the linebackers selected in front of me. <laughs> Heck yeah, I did. Um, and my goal was to have more sacks and more tackles than all those guys combined. I don't think I got quite there, but I got pretty mm-hmm. good to, to achieving that, that vow I made to myself about all these guys who were picked in front of me. So uh, there still was a bit of a, a chip on my shoulder. To answer your question about the guy who I like the most in the draft, um, I think Jalen Carter comes with such an incredible skill set and talent. Now, this is the interior defense lineman from the University of Georgia. I don't think there's a talent evaluator who has doubts about this guy's football skill set. Now, we, we saw the issue with the racing of the car and the passing away of the, you know, the other passenger, or was a passenger in the car he was racing. Um, we saw him show up to his pro day and be overweight. Um, so there's definitely some maturity issues there. Um, but a guy like Pete Carroll, and see, I was got the fifth pick in the draft, Carroll's used to dealing with some odd or quirky personalities or guys who have some off-the-field issues. That Seattle program is set up so well to, I think, work well with those guys. Pete Carroll certainly values defense, particularly defensive linemen. Uh, back when they had the Legion of Boom, the Legion of Boom was the guys in the secondary, but they had Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett and really talented guys up front. Uh, so a guy like Jordan Reed, uh, I'm sorry, Jalen Carter, would fit in really well to what they want to do there in Seattle. So he may be the guy who I feel the best about from a pure skill set standpoint, again, I definitely need some maturity and some growing up. And what about the safest player in the draft? I, I know that can be taken as like a bad thing. I, I don't want it to. I, I view that as like you feel very confident that uh, they're going to work out, they're going to be a long-term NFL starter. Who would you feel like the answer there is? I'm going to go with Will Anderson, the edge guy out of Alabama. Uh, Will Anderson was a top 50 you know, recruit coming out of high school. He went to Alabama, uh, found ways to get better every single year, found ways to meet hit the expectations he had when he, when he came on campus. He's an edge guy with the prerequisite size, you know, 250-plus, 6'4-plus. He plays with long arms. He knows how to uh, have set up offensive tackles with different moves. He's got a good 
skill set for it all. He plays the run and pass equally well. At Alabama being used by Nick Saban, he can play left or right. I've seen him line up on the interior of the defensive line. He's really good at pass rush games. So I'm not sure if there's a flaw to his game. Uh, the folks are talking about Tyree Wilson, the edge guy from Texas Tech, may have a higher upside. But to answer your question, a guy who I feel super confident about walking in the door and being a safe pick who's going to have good NFL production, that's Will Anderson for me. Is there a player in this draft that you're having the most trouble figuring out? Like maybe one day you're like, yeah, I could see it. And the other day you're like, ah, I don't know how that's going to work. Is it, I guess the player with the widest variance for you that you maybe just don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. The athletic skill set is, is off the charts. Uh, to be able to move as well as he does at 240 pounds, to be able to uh, be as athletic as he is, He's, he's got such a great athletic skill set, but the quarterback position, looking at Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, it's not an athletic endeavor. It's a processing speed situation. It's an ability to, to understand the nuances of your offense and what the defense is doing to be able to process that and deliver an accurate, timely football. Accurate, timely football wasn't something that Anthony Richardson very, did very good at Florida. So I understand folks being wowed by it all, but shouldn't your college tape and what you did on the field matter more than your athletic skill set, particularly at the quarterback position? I think it should. So I can watch Florida tape and say, this guy's not NFL-ready at all, yet there's people in my draft that have him going number two overall in this draft. From a trait perspective, personality perspective, you did it. You played, as you mentioned, 15 years in the NFL. Like That takes uh, a lot to get to that point. Uh, what are usually the things that that you care about most or you think makes a player get to that point where they can be successful for that long period of time? Like, what are the things about a player that you should be looking for in the NFL draft? I think it's a bunch of love specialism and how important uh, is football is to you. Your ability to be a great athlete, everybody is a great athlete who makes it and plays in the NFL. Your ability to stick in is going to be about your professionalism. How dedicated are you to your craft? And you can see pretty quickly uh, with the, when a rookie class comes in, who's got their head screwed on right and who doesn't. And so the maturity, the professional maturity it takes to go from a college football player to a professional football player is not about the time you spend in the weight room or anything like that. It's about your focus and dedication to your craft. Do you wake up every day and want to find ways to be better? You wake up every day and find uh, a way to improve your understanding of the third down defense, those kind of things. So in my 15-year experience, that, that's the differentiator between guys who are great athletes and guys who go on to become great football players. Well, I do have some Chiefs questions for you, but you being in the, the Denver area with 104.3 The Fan, I uh, being in the same division, what is kind of the buzz about how the Broncos are going to try to close the gap between them and the Chiefs this year? Well, the Broncos don't have very much draft capital to be able to close that gap, so it seems uh, unlikely. Obviously, they brought in Sean Payton, so they'll be better coached than what they were with Nathaniel Hackett. We all saw Nathaniel Hackett have all kinds of issues with time clocks and getting plays in and things like that. Um, but with five picks in the draft this year, and the first of those picks being number 67 in the third round, the Broncos just don't simply have enough draft capital due to the trips to get Russell Wilson and due to giving up picks to get Sean Payton, to be able to restock the cupboard this year in the draft. 
And from the Chiefs' perspective, uh, the biggest holes that you know everybody locally talking about receiver, defensive line, maybe even one of the tackle spots. Uh, it never hurts to continue to protect your your star quarterback there. What do you think the smart play for the Chiefs would be at, at the high end of the draft? Well, there's a lot of depth at the edge position, and with Frank Clark being let go, uh, you got to find a way to uh, get another player opposite George Karloftis on the other side. So because there's so many edge guys with first-round grades on them, I could see one of those guys slip into the Chiefs at 31 who would still be able to contribute and be a, uh, a major factor his, his rookie year. Some of those other positions you listed out, at 31, the best guys who may have a chance of starting their rookie years are pretty much going to be gone. Um, so you'd be dealing with maybe more of a project versus the edge guys. I think you can find a day-one starter with the 31st pick in the draft. Yeah, when you look at those three positions with receiver, edge, and um, offensive line, like which of those three is typically the hardest for a rookie to, to get on the field and produce at a high level the most, and, and which would be the easiest? I would say wide receiver, just because of the complexities and differences between college offenses and NFL offenses. You know, in, in college offenses, so often we've seen it, all the coaches have the big placards on the sideline, and, and they show everybody what the play is going to be, and then the quarterback starts his cadence, the defense reveals what they're going to do, and they all look to the sideline again. That doesn't exist in NFL. You have to have all that in your brain. And NFL defenses, they're not going to reveal themselves as quickly and as easily as college defenses do. So you've got to be able to read on the fly. You are, in, you are on your fourth or, or fifth step in your route, and you're still trying to figure out whether it's cover two or cover three. What's the right what's the right route to run? Uh, where do I cut my route off? How do I find the hole in the zone? Those are things that are asked of NFL receivers that just simply aren't asked of college guys. And so I think the receiver position of those is perhaps the toughest to make that transition. Um, I, I do have a, a off-the-draft question. You are in Colorado. You played football at Colorado, and, and right now that's certainly a uh, big college storyline going around with the massive influx of transfers in and out at CU right now. What do you kind of make it at what's going down at Boulder? Uh, Coach Prime, as he is requested to be called, <laughs> has, uh, is in the process of pulling off the greatest roster turnover in college football history. Um, it's really remarkable what he's done. Uh, on one hand, I'm incredibly bummed for these kids who are losing their scholarships and losing their opportunity to, to play football with the Colorado Buffaloes. You know, Carl Durrell and the previous staff sat on those kids' couch and, you know, drank their mom's coffee and said nice things about the coffee. Then they also, uh, you know, looked the dad in the eye and told the dad, you know what, I'm going to take care of your son just like he's my son on campus. Well, a new coach comes in with a different way of doing things, and Coach Prime is definitely attracting great high school recruits and great transfers from around the country and so you're no longer good enough to play football for us so I'm, on one hand i'm bummed for those kids um when they signed up to be colorado buffaloes they didn't think they would be cut from their football playing opportunities uh but on the other hand i look at life speed black and gold glasses and i want colorado buffaloes to be successful and so they were bad the last couple of years and last year they were really really bad they won one game one in 11 they sports illustrated call them the worst football team in the country for a couple of weeks. So the roster certainly needed to be improved. So uh, Coach Prime is getting it done in a very Coach Prime kind of way. His next task after bringing all these kids on campus will be try to form a cohesive football team around all these mercenaries who have come in for whatever their reasons are. I don't think they're coming in 
with a desire to be Colorado Buffaloes. They're coming to, to play for Coach Prime. They're coming for the Instagram and social media stuff that's all a part of this program right now. How does he convert those guys into Colorado Buffaloes who are loyal to the Colorado Buffaloes and not to him? That's that's certainly an interesting, uh, I guess, back and forth you have to go with. I, I'm curious, uh, amidst all the, the talk of realignment and the Pac-12 media deal and everything like that, is there a sense from Colorado people, like, are, are they enjoying being in the Pac-12? Would they rather move back to the Big 12? What's kind of the sense around that? The sense around that is the Pac-12 is the Buffs' natural student body base. Um, if you, you, know, you grow up... Uh, in Southern California, you don't grow up wanting to play at Iowa State. You know, you grow up with thinking about West Coast teams. So most of the students on campus are from the West Coast. Therefore, I think the football should mirror that as well. Um, so I think it fits from that perspective. Um, when the Buffs have fundraisers and they have tailgates at various, you know, uh, Pac-12 schools before football games, the turnout is far bigger than it ever was back in the Big 12 days because people aren't coming from Kansas to go to, to see you. They're not coming from Missouri to go to see you. So uh, I think it's a natural fit that way. The disappointing media rights deals that may be coming down the line for the Pac-12, that's unfortunate. I am on the Pac-12 football council, one of the members there. We met with the commissioner before the Pac-12 championship game, and he was certainly very excited about the opportunity of beating where the Big 12 came in, about $33 million a year. Figuring he would be below where the Big Ten was at, about $60 million, $66 million bucks a year per team. So he figured he would come in in the middle of that. So uh, I don't think they're going to be able to achieve that goal. And with the exodus of USC and UCLA, you know, what is the long-term future of the Pac-12? All these are pretty good questions that I think leave the entire conference and the buffs in a bit of a, a, a space of uncertainty. He is Chad Brown. You can check him out on 104.3 The Fan and a bunch of other spots. 15-year NFL vet. Chad, appreciate the time, man. Have a good rest of your week. All right. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. That was Chad Brown, 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. NFL Draft coming at you tonight. We'll have another draft segment coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. We've got one episode of RCST Trivia today. Six more coming at you Tomorrow, we got Florida Man Mad Lib still. Coming up next, though, we're going to head into the transfer portal. Mostly KU basketball, but we do have some KU football stuff to talk about on Into the Transfer Portal. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. We'll be back after this timeout. One hour down, two to go. Four o'clock hour on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We get some more RCST trivia coming up in our next segment. We've got a matchup between the seven seed Drew Lenhart and the ten seed Jared Lenz. Just one matchup today. We'll have six coming at you on Friday's edition of RCST. But with that being said, it is time on a Thursday to go into the transfer portal. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to the average basketball fan. It is a dimension as large as Wilt and as timeless as Perry Ellis. It is the middle ground between staying and leaving, between wins and losses, and it lies between the pit of recruiting and entrance to the NBA. This is the dimension of new schools. It is an area which we call the transfer portal. And into the transfer portal we go. Uh, Real quick, some brief news, not quite into the transfer portal, former into the transfer portal. Nick Timberlake has officially signed his letter of intent with KU. 
Bang. My mic was not on. Dude, sorry. Listen. A lot of things happen yeah. in my brain. Sometimes I forget to hit the big red button that turns on the mic. I can't tell you when I was producing how many times I did that. You it's, did that? It, yeah. Many times. Many a time. Um, but yeah, he officially signed. So uh, I wonder if we will actually hear like an official press conference at some point. I, I wonder if after all the, the rosters put together, if we will have an official press conference with that kind of happening. But uh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So oh, that is, that is really cool. Pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. Like one of the cooler things I can think of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> actually. Well, Arterio Morris uh, is picking tomorrow night. Yes. So as we talked about it yesterday, probably we're going to have quite a bit of clarity on the KU Ross situation once we get once we get to tomorrow evening uh, and over the weekend. So uh, it's it's addressing. I, I think it's pretty clear that it's probably going to be either Kansas or DePaul at this point. Those are the only two places he officially visited. Would make the most sense. Although I don't think he ever made an official list. So, I mean, what if he just does something wild? <laughs> I'm going to Southern Illinois. It's like, wait, we didn't even offer you, but okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, so that'll be on the lookout tomorrow. And, and it's supposed to be at 5 o'clock, so we'll get you the decision live here on RCST, hopefully, uh, tomorrow at some point. But do you think it's actually going to happen at 5 what do you think it's going to be like? No, it'll probably uh, talking for five, ten minutes. Maybe blah, it gets blah, pushed blah, back, blah, blah. ends up starting late. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jalen Tyson is supposed to be visiting KU starting tomorrow, and that's supposed to go through the spread of the weekend. If you had to pick between one of these two guys, the, the answer of, uh, like, beyond the off-the-court stuff for Arterio Morris, even from an on-court perspective, as much as I think Morris has a higher ceiling than Tyson, like, Tyson would have to be the most logical fit Outside yes. of like Hunter Dickinson, that's available right yes. now. Right? Given the fact that you also have a distinct lack of wing players, yeah. Uh, in terms of positional needs, in terms of the different check marks, the, the different boxes that uh, that Tyson checks, pretty good three point shooter, excellent defender, can do a lot of different stuff for you. Has good size, good length, makes a lot of sense for Kansas. Uh, and I think the Alterio Morris decision will certainly influence the situation with Tyson. Uh, who had some crystal ball predictions to Cal, but if KU is all in on him, he may flip, uh, I would think. So uh, those are the two guys to keep an eye on for Kansas, certainly this weekend, besides Hunter Dickinson. Have you have you thought about at all the possibility of all our speculation and talk about adding this guy and that guy? That could be done in a week. Because what if what if Jalen Tyson has the visit, loves it so much, commits? Yes. Arterio Morris picks KU Friday night. Hunter Dickinson, after this weekend, I think has his final visit. It's with Villanova, and he decides next week. And by next week, the Done. roster is set in stone, and we have Done. no more speculation to have. Yes, that would be simultaneously very good, yeah. but also like kind of bad for us because <laughs> we've been we've been you know talking into, about yeah. it and going into the would transfer we be portal able to go and, into the transfer portal anymore? I, I don't think we would. I, I guess not, which is kind of sad. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they would generally be more positive than negative. But, but yeah, I mean, certainly right now, the three hottest targets that KU's interested in, as far as, like, specifically right now, one of them is committing tomorrow. The other one has a visit this weekend and is, you would think, probably going to make a decision soon. And then Hunter Dickinson. So, that's kind of it right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is possible. Um it could, that's I, I feel like that is t- typically how these things work. It isn't something where it's like just, one guy commits, then it's perfectly spaced out two weeks later. Another yep. guy commits it's two weeks all later. It, it's kind of a lot of times, once. yeah. It's like everything happens at once. You get like a two-day span where it's like bang, bang, bang. Like these things tend to come in order. So we'll see if that's the case uh, for here. 
Now we have our uh, my favorite column that we do every week for this is the hmm column. Yeah, where it's like, well, okay, you entered the portal. Is there interest from KU? Is there not? Is it just me interested in the fact that you're in the portal for some reason or another? Let's start with this one. It is Jaden Bradley. We've talked a little bit about him throughout yep. this week. He is somebody that I am very interested would be for KU at that combo guard position. Six foot three. He's 19 years old. He'll have three years left to play. Still, it'll be his first time transferring. Played at high level at Alabama. Started 22 games for a team that got the number one overall seed. Now, we did have Kevin Flaherty on yesterday, and he talked about how Bradley is more of like a true point guard. Yeah, He's not as much of a shooter. Only 7 of 22 from threes. He didn't take a ton of threes last year. And obviously, if you hear the words true point guard and you flinch, it's because... K already has a point guard. Correct. With Dewan Harris. So it's like, how does it work? Is he going to be play? Is he, yeah. is he comfortable you, playing an off? What do you want to go from starting 22 games for the number one team in the country last year to coming to Kansas, which would be, you know, in terms of the pedigree of the program and everything, would be a step up, but taking more of a secondary role, basically, if you were if he were to come here, you would think. Right. And that's that's part of it too. You're trying to get underneath, like, well, why is he transferring from Alabama? Right, he did start 22 games as a freshman. Is it because yeah. he wants even more playing time? He wants to start every game, or does or, is, not or is he looking for you know just a culture change? Uh, that, right, that, did he not get along with the coaches? Yeah. Was uh, I, I don't know. There, there could be some reason that he's doing it. Um, if there is mutual interest there, to me it makes a ton of sense. If you'd be because he would be the guy that um, would fill the backup point guard minutes for Dewan Harris at that point, yeah. ahead of even like you know Marco Jackson. Yes. Um, but I think is you that still like, could play is that him next something to him. that's like that important, right? No, it's not. But I think you could play him next to him, even if he is more of a po- true point guard. Okay, so was Devontae Graham, and you played him next to Frank Mason. Like yeah. it was fine, yeah. right? If if they're good enough, Devontae they can Graham work was the also other. a forty percent plus. Three yeah, points. and that makes it easier. I will say though, this guy's six three, super athletic. Like athletically, he could make it work. Maybe he improves on the on the shooting. That would be the biggest knock against it. But maybe he would be the guy that you play when you're playing Nick Timberlake at the three. Heck, you could even play El Marco Jackson a little bit at the three, and you play him at the two. I just, I, I really like his um, potential. Uh, again, I go back to that athletic article, kind of comparing his path to possibly Davion Mitchell when he left Auburn as a former high star recruit and then developed at Baylor. Like to me, he's more yep. of a long term guy. Yep. But will he but be comfortable can being that you guy? Can you afford right? this year to take a more long term type guy? Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, if he's your fourth need, guard at that point, they need more impact. But is he going to be comfortable being the fourth guard? So certainly one that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, Trey White from USC. This is not one that I don't think Kansas really has much eyes on. I just found it interesting because Trey White committed to KU when he was like a sophomore in high school. Hmm. This was a while ago. He was like a sophomore, I think. Um, he might have been a junior. Committed to KU for like a year, maybe not even that much. And... Then he um, decommitted, ended up going to USC. He's a six foot seven wing, like former four star recruit or something. He averaged nine points per game, over five rebounds per game at USC. Okay. Not a great three point shooter, but you know, do you do you take the tires if you're K? Because potentially, I if wonder you, again. Maybe this is a guy you add on to say, well, you know, if we miss here and if we miss he's there, a wing. maybe make, right. make the call. And maybe part of the reason that they basically backed off on him, that he ended up decommitting, was they were like, well, we don't know how much you're going to play as a freshman, and then who knows, in today's day and age, maybe you'll just transfer after your first year. But now you don't have to worry about that. Because now at this point, he'd be transferring in, he would have a year of development under his his boots, and then at that point, 
it would be harder for him to transfer out again because he'd have to sit out a year. Yeah, true. So maybe it makes a little I'm sense. I'm curious but, as yeah. to why you don't have a certain name on this list. Ooh, did I miss someone? Of a certain... I tell uh, you. Who? who? Guy who... By the way, to be clear, was, I don't think the Trey White thing's going to happen. I just... Hmm. That's why it's A guy it's who tier. was committed to Duke, but then decommitted. Oh, well, because this is... What's the name of the segment, Oh, this Nick? is Transfer Portal. That's right. Okay, listen. My bad. <laughs> My apologies. Okay? Sorry. Sue me. <laughs> Can I? Are you no. giving me open invitation? No! Um, by the way, I did find I don't know why today. you'd want to sue me. I, I don't know what I could give you. Well, uh... uh, uh what are you going to take from me? <laughs> My dignity? <laughs> Can I sue for that? No. Is that optional? No, uh, Mackenzie Mbappo, Mbaco, Mbappo, Mbappe, <laughs> no. Um, Mbappe, Mbaco, Mbaco. I looked it up and that's how to pronounce it. Mbaco. Twisted. Mbaco. Uh, yeah, not not a transfer portal thing, but I guess since you brought him up, mine as well. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be visiting Kansas. He has a list of four schools he's going to be visiting. Interesting of that note, three of the schools he's going to be visiting are Adidas schools. So the idea that this kid was going to be a, a Nike kid, okay. he goes to Duke, yeah. I don't think that applies. I, I think this was one of those kids where he was just going to go to his best situation, and we'll see if uh, Kansas is able to... I, I think it would make a ton of sense. Um, you can yep. play the four for you, maybe yep. play a little bit of the three, known for being a shooter, athletic. Not a transfer portal guy, but certainly a name to keep an eye on. Yes, could be an impact guy for you. Uh, more in the hmm column, how about Tyron Lawrence? He is a guard from Vanderbilt. I mean, it's in his name, Lawrence. Mm, Lawrence. Yeah. Mm. He <laughs> he played three years at Vanderbilt, but he has two years left to play because one was a COVID year. 6'4", guard, could play at the two for you. He shot 36% from three last season, but more importantly, he was, I believe, in the 90th percentile in spot-up shooting. Hmm. Interesting. And again, a player that uh, doesn't sound like maybe. Kansas yeah. is going all that in on or that has a bunch of interest from Kansas because yep. I, I think he's one of those that entered the portal and maybe there was already a site or two um, predicted for him, one of those types of things. So I don't know how realistic it is, but to me, like if, if you're going for some of these combo guards like a Jane Bradley or an Artario Morris, like Tyron Lawrence is a more experienced player who you know can shoot threes a little bit better, just proved it last season and can score a little bit. So why not kick the tires, I guess. Uh, this one kind of goes in the same light of the Trey White one. Not one that I expect KU to pursue at all, but again, I just thought was kind of interesting in the mm. column. Jonathan Lawson. He's the younger brother of Diedrich and KJ Lawson. Wait, that was like six years ago. They have a younger brother? Yeah, they have a younger brother. They have Chandler Lawson, too. I don't know if Chandler's younger older or younger than Jonathan. Dude, how many Lawsons are there? Dude, Jonathan, look, I'm looking at a picture. He looks just like KJ. It's crazy. <laughs> I think Jonathan's the youngest. I think Chandler's like a year or two older than uh, Jonathan. Because Chandler's at Memphis, right? Yes. And Jonathan was at Memphis, too. Oh. But not anymore. Mm. He's transferring away. Uh, he averaged 3.4 points per game, one and a half rebounds in 16 minutes per game as a 6'6 freshman. He ain't okay. coming to Kansas. They're not going to be that interested. <laughs> but, again, just kind of interesting. Uh, Parker Brown, the older brother. Wait a sec. Christian Brown. No way. Yes. Wait, this guy went to Missouri. Did he not? He did. Then why would he come to Kansas? I mean, would, would anything be more stick it in their face than he comes to Kansas and is more productive than he was at Missouri? Uh, now, again, I this guess. is not one that I expect. You look at the list of, of schools that reach out. He's 6'10", 215 pounds. He's more of like a, you know, he, I, I don't think Kansas will be kind of How do you get a guy who's, so Christian Brown was what, like 6'6"? Yeah. And his brother's 6'10"? Yeah. How does that work? No idea. No idea. 
But, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. He averaged, you know, a solid player. He averaged about 8.6 rebounds, 2 assists, a block per game at Santa Clara last season. Um, he would be oh, one. Oh, so this is a second transfer. It is, but oh, he's a graduate. He's a graduate. Oh, okay. He started his career at Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he would be one that, like, what if this idea of basically buying a scholarship, an extra player with NIL money, what if you were able to get him to be like, hey, your brother played here, walk on, we'll pay you NIL money, you'll get your scholarship, like in the case of if they don't land Hunter Dickinson, to be like, here's our extra, we just want an extra body at the center position, basically, right? To I, be a backup option. Sure. And then we can use those scholarships on a wing and a guard. Uh, I, I guess. Interesting at all? Kind of a tough sell, I feel like, but yeah. I understand. No, I, it, it won't happen, but... Again, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Ray J. Dennis in the hmm column here. Who? He's a transfer from Toledo. Holy Toledo. He's in the portal. Um, his name actually, it's, it's R-A-Y-J. R-A-Y capital J. Like, that's his name? That's his first name. So, Rajay? Rajay? No, it's literally pronounced Ray J. Ray J? Yeah. Why is it spelled like that? I, I don't know. Oh. I didn't, I'm not his parents. I'm just listen. So, he's <laughs> he, when you're in the transfer portal... You have to do due diligence on these things. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's see. Ray J. Dennis is a fifth-year player, so he'll be experienced. 19.5 points per game, six assists, four rebounds, one and a half steals, shot 36.6% from three well, the stats on high sound, volume. The stats sound pretty good. Yeah, they do. It's in Toledo, though. At Toledo. Which is not you know, known for... I mean, Toledo was actually good this year. They were the team that lost to uh, Kent State. Yes. In the MAC championship game. And they, they were actually the higher seed. They were hosting the game. So, like. That's tough. Losing a conference championship game on your home floor, that's got to be like. Does that disqualify him for Five you? worst feelings. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, yeah, Illinois. It doesn't disqualify me. Disqualify him. Illinois is the team that is seen as like the early heavy favorite. He's originally from Illinois. But again, if you're Kansas and you get involved, uh, would be interesting. He's six foot two, so it's not like ideally you'd like six three or six four, but you could make it work. He was seventy third percentile in spot up shooting. He was eighty seventh percentile in isolation scoring. This would be a guy who you bring in just to be like, hey, we yeah. need somebody to get us buckets. Yes. So it kind of falls in the. Primo, I would be all for that. Kind one. of falls in the Primo Spears category of somebody who could come off the bench and score. Yes, I'd be all for that one. To be clear. Uh, and then here's one that is in the hmm column because let's say Kansas does miss out on Hunter Dickinson and they do want another center type, which to be clear, I'm not sure they would. But Warren Washington, there, there were a lot of these other centers that went off the board, right? That, that was like, yep. oh, no, they don't have any other yep. options there. Yep. Warren Washington just entered the portal. He was at Arizona State, so power five level, seven footer, 225 pounds. He'll be in his fifth year, so experienced guy. This would be the Tarek Blackway. Bring in a guy who wasn't like a superstar at his last stop, but was pretty good, experienced player to help the young guys come along. He averaged over nine points per game, seven rebounds, almost two blocks. He actually, for here were his point per game numbers three straight years 10, 10 and a half, 9.2. So you know what you're okay, getting. So He's pretty like a solid relax. player, right? At a power level, between 56 to you, 60%. Though, I don't like the name Warren. Okay, so he's out for you. <laughs> Imagine Bill Self as a first name. I don't comes like up to him, he's Warren. like, "We got this great player for you." He's like, "What's his name?" He's like Warren. He's like, "I'm out. <laughs> nope, we're good." He's like, "But coach, he was, dude, he was a three-time All American." I mean, like, dude, what is no. this? The 1930s? Like, just what? Well, he had a, he had a nice little NCAA tournament. Did Washington too against Nevada in the play-in game? Well, and Warren's not even a name that you can have like a like a cool nickname off of it. We can be 
Uh, dub squared or in Washington. <laughs> Double W. I don't know. That's even worse. Um, so he had nine points, five rebounds, four assists, and a block against Nevada. And then against TCU in the tournament, he had 11 points, eight rebounds, four blocks, two assists. Surely there are some names where, like, no matter what, you hear the name and you're like, no. I don't see it with Warren Washington. I like the alliteration. Okay, but it's oh, cool. But what about, what are some other names that what you would not names? like? I don't have any. I, I don't know. Like, That's no. such a ridiculous request to That's be like. That's not ridiculous. This player Dude, everybody is has no that. longer good because of his name. Everybody has the names that they're just like. Bleh. I will say when you're if you're ever like playing a video game and you get to like, uh, those like you'll get to like a you're playing a franchise and you get to like the drafts where they're auto generated names. Yeah. For sure, if a player is named like Luke Smith, I'm not going to draft him. It's too boring. I want the guy with the cool name. So I guess I, I do understand that a little bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I view this one as, again, don't know the interest for KJ. That's why he's in the backup, hmm backup option. But yeah, exactly. Where he would be a good in that Tark black mold of being like, hey, he can be a veteran presence. If he starts over Ernest and Zuby early in the season, yep. cool. If they beat him out, cool. But it gives you another body in that center position if you do want to go there. Elsewhere, some interesting ones. Raekwon Battle picked West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia is really good like class. Loading up. In the portal. They've, Him, they've, Jesse they've Edwards, Teresa. They have yeah. a couple other kids, like somebody who averaged like 15 a game. In a I mean, they conference. might be like top three or four in the conference. Yeah. I think on Bart Torvik, they're number three right now in the Big 12. Uh, Caden Shedrick picking Texas. So KU, not the school there, goes to Texas. I don't yeah. know how that'll work with, with Dylan DeSue. If they're going to move DeSue to yeah. the four, that might yeah, I don't know. not work spacing-wise. And then uh, Daniel Bacho going to Louisiana Tech. I thought he would have gotten a bigger offer than that. Well, I've been Maybe trying to tell you all along that he just wasn't very good. You just hate the Texas Tech big men. No, I don't. Yes, We've had you this do. discussion before, but I don't. Well, I don't hate you don't the think big Bacho's men. good. You don't like AMAC at all. <laughs> I don't like AMAC <laughs> at all, no. You're right about that. Uh, some KU football ones, too. Uh, some offers out there to Isaac Ukwu, who is a really good defensive line, all Sunbelt player from James Madison. Yes, please. Kari Manns, who is a defensive lineman from Maine, who is a really good player at the FCS level, but he has to make the jump up. Yeah. Uh, so that would be interesting. And then Marcus Peterson, who's a receiver, good burner from uh, Cincinnati. So okay. kind of a note yeah. there. A couple of D linemen, like we expected, that they were going to be aggressive on. Yeah, and I don't think so. they'll get both, but I think the idea is kick the tires on a few D linemen, try to land one, maybe Me, try yeah, to land a receiver. Yeah. I mean, so I think at this there. point, it's, it's not even like a question of will Kansas – it's not even a question of like, does Kansas add a defensive lineman? It's like who they're going to add. Right. Like they're definitely going to add somebody. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We have more RCST trivia coming at you starting next. Our matchup between the seven and the 10 seed in the River at Print and Skate region, Jared and Drew. That on the other side with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST on KLWN. Depending on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk, RCST Trivia, our one edition today. We are brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River Rat Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Home Field Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. A word from one of our title sponsors, in 2023, Johnny's Tavern is celebrating its 70th anniversary, and that's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials at your local Johnny's throughout the year. Stay tuned for more details about a 70th anniversary celebration at the original location in North North Lawrence, where you can be a part of the neighborhood porch, porch, excuse me. Of course, there's now 13 locations of Johnny's from Topeka all the way to Raymore, Missouri with the newest store and check out their new blue collar lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's that's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. 
Um, so we have a 7-10 matchup. We were supposed to have two matchups today. One of them got pushed to uh, later in the week. Somebody had a scheduling conflict. So we will have six matchups tomorrow. Today becomes more of a slow day in that regard. But it should be a fun one. 7-10 yep. matchups are always good. Yep. And hey, this one matchup gives everyone a chance to catch their breath after yeah. yesterday. Reset a little bit. But this this is going to be an exciting matchup between Jared and, and Drew. And uh, Jared is a, a friend of the show, a friend of me personally. So... Uh, I'm excited to see how he does, and uh, this should be an interesting matchup. This is Jared's first time, so mm -hmm. Drew's got the experience on him, but uh, I would not sleep on Jared. Yeah, so Drew, like you said, has the experience. Jared interned with the show for a few weeks, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago. You said you're friends with Jared, so you, you yeah. have the, the inside scoop. Do you yes. think he's going to do good? Uh, I do think, well. Sorry. I think he has a chance to win today, but I don't know that he'd be able to topple like Isaac or any, you know like. So let's say he wins today, and he uh, he'd have to play against Schwartz potentially in the second round. I think round. he can beat Schwartz. So uh, you know we'll see. I mean he definitely he definitely knows his stuff. Uh, and and listen, he's in law school right now, so it's a busy time for him. I know he's studying for finals and stuff. So I don't know how much time he had to maybe study for this event, but hopefully he had hopefully he did a little bit of of studying and. Uh, I'm I'm definitely very excited to see how he does because yeah. uh, we we have a little group chat and if if he does bad he's gonna hear about it. So well, Drew went seven and four answering trivia questions a year ago. He has uh, one trivia advancement in two tries during RCST trivia for his career. It was uh, actually last year he was in an eight nine matchup and he got through the first round. It went eight questions deep. Jeez. Eight questions deep. He went five and three on questions, and then he had to play Tyler in the second round to uh, beat him on a medium question. But maybe that means we'll get a long one here today right before well, we... Oh, and, go ahead. Oh, the important thing to remember about this matchup is one of these guys potentially is going to have to take down Schwartz. We need somebody yes. to take him down, right? Somebody has to. And who knows? Maybe maybe Nick will lose to a fit. We already saw one fifteen seed lose, so or a one fifteen seed win. So uh, maybe that'll be him. All right. Before we get into the matchup, uh, next trivia question: What Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since nineteen fifty seven? The answer: Your locally owned Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas, with six showrooms across the state, from Lawrence to Dodge City. Got a Windows and Doors project? Pella Kansas is here, locally owned and proudly serving Jayhawks for over sixty five years with Windows and Doors solutions for every home and any budget. Schedule your free consultation at Pella Kansas. Dot com into the matchup. So we've got a 7-10 matchup. This is in our bottom left region, which is the Riverat Print and Skate region. And uh, the winner of this could possibly be taking on the villain of the tournament from last year, Nick Schwert, but he's got to get by his 15 first. 7-10s are always good. And uh, Drew Jarrett, you are our 7 seed this year. You got a first-round advancement last year. You ended up having to run into the buzzsaw that was Tyler Feist in the second round. Um but because of that, you've earned a better seed this year. I think you were nine last year. This year, you're you're a seven seed. What's your thoughts on your seeding this year? Uh, I was pretty happy about it. Yeah, I didn't actually see it until the the day after, but uh, I was excited. I don't know if it's deserved, but I'll take it. <laughs> and this is your your third time in trivia. Is there anything you're doing differently this year, or is it just you know more of the same and hoping to crack through a little further? Yeah, absolutely. Um, nothing different. <laughs> I really uh, just I'm trying to go into this relying on um, my knowledge and not really uh, uh, much studying, which uh, can probably guarantee me um, an exit in this tournament. But um, we'll just we'll just play it out. See how it goes. Yeah, having fun with it. Jared, this is your first appearance in RCST trivia. Now you have interned for the show here at RCST. Does that help you at all in getting ready for this? Um. I'd, I'd like to think so, but I guess we're going to find out. I think it gives me a level of comfort, but I don't think it's going to help me answer the questions. 
Nick Spring here from Nick News, which is what you can get your number one source of RCST trivia news. I have a question for Jared. Uh, Jared, do you feel like you're underseated coming into this tournament based on your vast KU basketball knowledge? You know, originally I did. I thought I was a little underseated, but then I, I took a step back and I thought about it, and I haven't accomplished anything yet. So who am I to say I should be a higher seed if I've never, never been on this this challenge, never gotten a question right? Um, so I, I think I'm properly seated, and we're gonna try to go from there. If it makes you feel better, I think you are the third highest seed among the newcomers, which part part of that is is time of entry. It's not all just about, but yeah. So uh, this should be a fun one. 10-7 seed. Let's cue the music. Let's get into the matchup. And Jared, because you are the lower seed here, you have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Um, I want to go second. Okay. Second it is. That means, Drew, you're up first. All right. We'll start in the really easy category of things. Drew, for you, who is KU's apparel brand sponsor? Mm, that would be Adidas. That would be Adidas. At one time, it was, I think, Nike. Is it ever like Reebok or something? No, I think Nike, then now Adidas. Paid him the bag. All right, Jared, first one for you in the really easy. The Bill Self Baconator is a deal with what fast food chain? Wendy's. That's right. You really got to know your KU stuff <laughs> to get that one right. That's for sure. All right. Those are the really easy ones. Down and done. On to the easy column. Back to you, Drew. What seed was Kansas in the 2007 NCAA tournament in which they made the Elite Eight? Oh, no. Oh, no. Hmm. You said it was the easy category? Yes. <laughs> I should have studied. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um Oh, gosh. I'm going to go ahead and go uh, go with the three seed. I'm really not sure. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. They were a one seed in 2007, made it to the Elite Eight, played against UCLA, lost uh, by missing a billion layups out in, I think, San Jose. You're before the title seeds. team. Yep. All right, Jared, you got a chance to win here in the easy round. Jared, Kansas was a one seed as well in 2008. But among the four one seeds that were in the tournament, which one seed were they? Are you, are you asking region or, or number? Number. I believe there were four. Your belief is correct. They were the fourth overall one seed, ended up proving all the other one seeds wrong by winning in the final four. So a nice win for you, Jared, in your first appearance of trivia uh, let me ask you if, if you would have had the questions reversed. If you had had Drew's question about the 2007 seed, would you have got that right? I would have, but only because right before this, I was looking at NCAA tournament history, and I saw <laughs> in 2007 they were a one seed. Drew, if if the questions would have been reversed, would you have got Jared's correct? Yeah, 100%. I was hoping that we could just go back and we'll just redo that round. Let's flip them, maybe. Just oh. call, it, call it even. Well, what went wrong for you? Did that 2007, did you just wipe that one from your memory because of the, the bad Elite Eight loss to UCLA? No, honestly, it's, I'm having a trouble even remembering. I would have been in high school. So uh, um, I think 2008, it's such a um, you know, prominent year 
in KU history. So everyone focuses there, but um, 07, that's a tough one. All right. Well, uh, Jared, you're moving on to the second round, and we don't know who you're playing yet. It could be one of two people, Nick or Justin, but just in case it is Nick, your, your former boss when you were interning here, do you have any any words of trash talk or, or anything that you would like to relay to him? Um, I do. I, I would like to relay to him that he's going to lose, so I hope he's prepared <laughs> for that. Um, I hope he's getting as much sleep as he can now because after after that round, he's, he's not going to sleep well anymore. Love it. Well, Jared, Drew, we appreciate your time. Drew, we hope you get back next year. Jared, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. That matchup of RCST Trivia brought to you by our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, River at Print Skate, and 23rd Street Brewery. 23rd Street Brewery, a great spot to check out all the games, whether it's the NBA playoffs, NHL, during season of KU. Check out the patio. Perfect for the heating up weather. You can even bring your dog. They've got awesome service, awesome beer, absolute classics on the menu like the Fitzgerald Rubin or the Haney Turkey Stack or the Hank Booth Burger. Check them out in Lawrence with 23rd Street Brewery. So Jared gets by um, into the easy round we go. I guess first things first. Do you think both those questions were easy? Should yeah, but they have I been thought, medium? Yeah, I thought Drew brought up an interesting point, though, because of the fact that you know, when KU, in the years that they win a national title or the years that mm-hmm. they win you know, or make memorable tournament runs, the years maybe like around that year, Maybe do maybe some KU fans do have sort of like an amnesia of the years yeah. around it, you know, like like it like if you would ask the question about somebody from like the 1987 KU team or the 1989 team, like you know, you know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like this idea of you win the national title, everyone knows, everyone remember, remembers that year, and because of that, like your attention goes to those years, and so maybe there is sort of this gap sometimes where you have the years around it. I, don't I think know. that's fair. I I do also it's think though, point. like the because we asked some of those which one seed was Kansas. We asked one of them for the 2022 year, right? Yeah. I can't remember if the person got it right or wrong. But on the other side, you know, on the flip side, Bill Self has been a one seed like 15, like right. 10 times. I think that's the thing. So realistically, here's the reason why the questions were even to me. I First of all, I do think they were both easy. I, I, I think those were the right category. Uh, maybe they were on the harder end of uh, more to the medium end of easy. But I, I think, you know, if those were easy or medium, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um both of them, in theory, should be one in four guesses. You know, yeah. if it's a seed question, Bill Self has never been lower than a four seed. So you know you should guess one, two, three, or four. So you have a one in four chance. And which one seed was Kansas in 2008? You have a one in four chance, yeah. right? I, I think some people would have just lobbed out, oh, Kansas was the, the number one overall one seed that year, right? I um, I do think that, in the, yeah, how many times has Bill Self been a one seed? Like half the time, it feels like. <laughs> I think that was the 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 guess that, yeah. Um, would have made which makes sense. You know, a lot I mean, of he, sense. He he threw out a one through four seed, and yeah, was, so he did guess. He just yeah. guessed the wrong one there. And yeah. I will say, I, I think that that's one of those where it's. Yeah, I'll say this throughout the tournament, and I'll say it again here. And, and I'm not trying to say that you know Drew was complaining or anything. Like that's not what I'm trying. To say. I'm just trying to. Sometimes when we have earlier exits than you you might have hoped, I try to go through this own process by myself <laughs> just to be like rationalize why was this here to begin with? Did I mess up? But I I think it was okay because um, it's it's automatically harder if you don't know it. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, like they might have just automatically known that they were a one seed in 2007. But if you don't know it, then it is a complete guess at that point, and then it does feel like one to four, right? So I I think it is just kind of dependent person to person. I'm not 
upset that I thought I mean, one was harder listen, than the other. I think they were uneven. It's all field. about the matchups, all yeah, about the questions, and you know sometimes you might get one that maybe is in the easy category, but it slips your mind, or you know it's yep, a situation it like that where you're focused on different other things and it just gets away from you, right? Yeah. And so and that happens in the real NCAA tournament too, you know. So that these things happen, and uh, you know I I think Drew will come back next year and will probably be another in that seven to ten range and probably put up another really strong fight in whatever his matchup is, you know, just. Got got on an early question this year, and you know sometimes it happens. Sometimes you have a first round exit. So yeah, he proved his medal last year, winning a first round game. So yep. hopefully he'll be back with Jared. He gets his uh, first ever win. We uh, hopefully will uh, see. I don't know. So do you have confidence he could beat Nick Short? I think he can. I, I'm still, like I said, I'm not certain that Nick's going to get by Justin Waysmith. So uh, we'll we'll see who ends <laughs> up winning there. But yeah, I, I think if that is the matchup, I think Jared for sure can think, get by. Nick. I think it would definitely be. A matchup that could go to the hard, maybe really hard rounds, possibly. Because yeah. I think Jared's, I think Jared's definitely a strong enough opponent that he could get past the medium into the hard yep, category for sure. All right, uh, we are going to take a break and uh, switch gears a little bit to finish out the four o'clock hour. But first. One of our title sponsors, River Rat Print and Skate. River Rat has screen printing and skate shop embroidery and promotional products also available with art and logo creation. They're KU licensed. They can help you out with any custom apparel like our trivia t-shirts, trivia hats. But they're also a skate shop, skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, safety gear. They have a large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands. They're uh, located a little bit past the river in Lawrence. And you can give them a follow on Instagram at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop. River Rat Skate Shop on Instagram for the skate side or call them at 785-371-1660. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. That is our lone RCST trivia for the day. We have six matchups coming at you tomorrow. Yep. We have more Rock Chalk Sports so Talk, if though. If you're starving for RCST trivia, just wait. Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. we got the full course meal. Yep. Or, you know, if you're really starving, or, go yeah, back and listen, listen to last yeah. year's. I don't know. Yeah, or listen to even some of the matchups from earlier this week. Yeah, boom. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We'll be back after this. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We got Florida Man Mad Libs in just GIF. Uh, High School Sports Weekly tonight, 6 to 7 here on KLWN at Burgers by Biggs with the Veritas track and field team. So something I want to do, I want to start doing this for things that are easy to like predict, is do these things, I, I want to call them like time capsules. Okay. So today's will be... Are you sure you want to do this? Because what yes. if it turns out that we're just terrible? And well, we that's my expectation. Wrong? That's my expectation. Well, but that's bad. Is it? We need to. Well, no, we need to be right sometimes. Well, of course we need to be right sometimes. Hopefully we'll be right sometimes. I, I hope that we're not wrong in everything. But the point of it, you have to be able to laugh at yourself and no, to realize that you're not going to get everything right. Because guess what? I, I've always thought it's Dude, silly. I have been wrong so much on the show. That's the thing. Everybody's wrong. I mean, if you're going to talk three hours a day like we do, you're going to be wrong about a lot of stuff. And, and here's the other thing. I've always thought it's silly whenever somebody's like, can you believe this guy predicted this? Like, there are certain levels of that. If somebody goes out tomorrow and is like the... Um, I don't know who's like a horrible NFL. The Texans are going to win the Super Bowl next year. Like that at would, that point, yeah, you probably deserve to be yeah. clowned if that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. But for the most part, for me, like if you make a dumb prediction, guess what? We all suck at predictions. Otherwise, yes. we'd all be rich. We'd all be making money from Vegas. Yes. Yeah. You know, we'd we yes. all suck at if it. If these types of things were easy to predict, yes, then there wouldn't. It would just be everyone. Right? Exactly. So. I do this going into it knowing that what I'm about to say, a lot of this is going to be wrong, and I think it's going to be funny to look back in a year or five years or whatever and be like, man, that was really stupid, or be like, oh, I actually did nail that. Like, I was pretty good there. So I want to start doing these time capsules every so often, and today will be a NFL draft 
pre-overreaction time capsule. Okay. Okay, so we have some different categories. We have some different uh, superlatives, I guess you could say. First up, who is going to be the best quarterback in this draft? Hmm, this is interesting. So the reasonable options would be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, or who am I missing? Oh, Anthony Richardson. I guess you could say Hendon Hooker. Or Hendon Hooker, right? Those are the want, five yeah. quarterbacks that I think have a chance to go in the first round or I guess Hooker potentially in the first round. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Will Levis is going to be very good. Anthony Richardson is maybe the most controversial out of that group mm -hmm. of people think either he's going to suck or he's going to be really good. I don't I don't know. I mean, I think probably Bryce Young or CJ Stroud's the safest bet. I'll go Anthony Richardson though. Why not? Okay. I think he's I think he's love got it. Lamar Jackson level potential. How about okay. that? Okay. Oh, I love that. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bryce Young. I, I think he'll just be a solid, like top ten ish quarterback, good anticipation, good accuracy. You're not concerned about the, the size? I think that'll maybe prevent him from being like a top five quarterback, but I can see him in that like Kyler Murray tier. It sounds right? like he might be still like number one, number two. Oh, you're saying like in the league? Yeah, 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 in the, okay, in, yeah, yeah, in the entire league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, most average quarterback. So pretty much a guy. I when I think of this like a Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr type, <laughs> where it's like he's going to be good enough to be a continual starter. Okay, but he's probably not going to be like a star. Mm. He'll just always be in that middle tier. Where an NFL team's like, yeah, we're competitive. Okay, so I think Anthony Richardson's either boom or bust. Yeah. Will Levis is probably either boom or bust also, yeah. I would say. So then you're down to Stroud, Young, and Hooker. And I think Young, I, I, he might be kind of more of a boom or bust guy too, right? Like, I mean, what if he, like we've seen the, the boom like and the bust. Like either the size won't work at all. Yes. Or like with he's going to do what he did in college. He's had some yeah. great seasons, but he's also had a couple seasons where he's been just bad, right? So that leaves you with like C.J. Stroud or Hennon Hooker, right? Like, But the thing about Hennon Hooker is I don't even know if Hennon Hooker is going to be good enough to like be a starter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, th like 25. Does that, that kind of disqualify him from being the most average QB if he's just a backup? Yeah. So then I guess CJ Stroud. Okay. That's my answer, too. I feel like <laughs> Stroud has a very high floor, accurate, works well in the pocket, but I, I don't think he's going to be like some star quarterback. I feel like he'll just be very average. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be the first round steal? Mm, interesting. The guy we're going to look back on and be like, wow, how did he. So, go the guy here that you have listed, which I'll let you talk about him. I really like. You can go with obviously. him, too. I don't mind taking the well, same guy. Um, no, just make I, us look more stupid if we're well, wrong. The guy that I'm going to go with, it may end up not end up being a steal if he gets drafted really high. But I'm going with Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Mm. I think he could be the biggest steal. Like, if he falls to, like, the 10 to 15 range and a team gets him there, I think that's a steal at that point. So I think he could end up being the biggest steal because he, to me, has top five pick potential uh, as an edge rusher and can be a game-breaking type player. So I'll go with Tyree Wilson. I like that. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go Dalton Kincaid. Um, when you look at the scouting report, super love fluid, it. tight end, great pass catcher. The worry there is that, oh, he's only 245 pounds. He's not the biggest tight end. And how's he going to do as a blocker? But guess Isn't what? Isn't insane? Have, like, oh, he's only 245 I pounds. I know, right? Like, dude, what? Um, I, I think it's a small list. I think there's only like three or four players uh, who have been Pro Bowl tight ends all time who are 240 pounds or less, which is, is pretty great, like huh. in the modern NFL. That's wild. Um, but... It's a different day and age, and look at what Travis Kelsey has done. I mean, yeah. the idea of having a pass-catching first tight end, like that would see, 20 years ago, you'd never see that. It'd be like, well, we'll just make you a receiver. Nowadays, because of Travis Kelsey and some of these other receivers and pass-happy offenses, it's more of a thing. And, well, and not, also, with Travis Kelsey, like, is he the most athletic guy in the world? No. no. He's, just a, he's just a really, really smart player that makes great plays, and that's what it, Kincaid could be. Yeah.
So I, I think Kincaid is going to be a star at the tight end position. Um, there's not a ton of Chiefs. like star tight ends. Brad, right if now. you're listening, take him. Player you think will be a star or very meh? That's got to be Anthony okay, Richardson. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson could either be Lamar Jackson or just the next dual threat quarterback who sucks. I'm going to say Quentin Johnston. Uh, okay. He does have some catch concerns. Sometimes he catches too much with his body and stuff. Sometimes drops too many passes. I, but I mean, I don't know. Does he? When you say star, like, is he, do you think he's really going to reach that level? If it hits, yeah. I mean, he's a six four or whatever. Six four yeah. receiver runs a four four forty, breaks tackles, and is great with the ball in his hands. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's yeah. Julio Jones light. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's a, a multi-time Pro Bowler if it hits, but I could also see it being kind of a bust. So I, I have okay. no idea. Yeah. Uh, who is the safest first rounder? Okay, I mentioned Tyree Wilson earlier, uh, and I, I had him listed, which I actually forgot I had him listed later on as one of my. To me, he's the safest. Safest, but if I had to go with another option, hmm. So when you say safest first rounder, you mean like the player? I mean that's like the guy that probably won't be a star, good. but he'll. Just consistently be good, like a starter on an NFL so not, team. So when you say you don't mean like when you say safest first rounder, you don't mean like guy you're convinced is going to get picked in the first round. No, I I just mean like they'll have the safest NFL career, probably play twelve years, never be like a I a, think a pro or an all pro player. Okay. But you know, I think you could probably pick any of the offensive linemen for that category. Uh, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, one of those guys maybe could be if you know if he ends up being your starting right tackle or left tackle for. Five, six, seven years. That's pretty safe if you ask me. So I'll go with one of those guys. Okay. I am going to go. I, I would go one of two guys. Uh, for me, this would either be Brian Branch. I think he'll have a long career as a, a safety from Alabama. I'll go Jackson Smith and Jigba, though. I feel like he's going to be a consistent like 800 to 1,000-yard yeah. receiver. Won't ever be a guy that we're looking at as like a top five receiver in the NFL or a top 10 receiver. But he'll always just be a consistent like solid target for a team to have that's like always a solid number two on a team. I feel like he's really safe. Chiefs. Who's the biggest bust? I would, I'd be happy with that. Who's the biggest bust? <laughs> I think the biggest bust ha- could potentially be Jalen Carter from Georgia, a guy that at one point was like, talk about going number one overall. Then he had the off the field stuff. Then he had the, uh, shall we say, dud of a pro day. And now there's a lot of questions about him. And I think if he still goes top five, he could easily, easily be the biggest bust. Easily. Now, if he drops, if he drops. You know, at like out of the top ten, then he. I don't think you would maybe qualify him as a bust at that point. But based on what he, based on what he, what people were projecting to be at one point, to where he's fallen now, if he still gets taken in the top five, just based off of you know what he's done at Georgia and everything, setting aside everything else that's happened since basically since then, I think he'll be the biggest bust. I have a chance to be. Okay, I'm going to say Anthony Richardson. I, I agree with you. He's either going to be boom or bust, but yeah. I have to pick one here. I'm just going to go with Anthony Richardson. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, well, I am worried. We are on both sides of the fence. I know. I am worried because of the Josh Allen comparison, but that is such a, a once-in-generation type of thing. Yes. Um, will there be a team who screws something up the most? Who would that be? Okay. I'm going to qualify this. I think it's the Panthers if they pick Levis. Okay. I'll say the that's, Texans. That's what screws them up they do the something weird and stupid. I, I feel like that could end up. I, being I mean, wrong. and also the other obvious answer here is the Raiders. Yeah, I mean the Raiders just that's always find one. a way to screw screw it up. Uh, real quick, non first round stud, somebody who won't go in the first round who you feel like is going to be really good. Addy Tamwa uh, Adebowale, I think, say say his last name. The guy from Northwestern who really good athlete. He got a bunch of hype, and then uh, it 
I feel like it just kind of died down. I don't know what happened because there was talk of him maybe going in late first round, but he seems like a second round guy maybe that I think is going to be really good. I'll go Siaki Ika, the big nose tackle for Baylor. He's probably going to be a second or third round pick. I think he's going to be an absolute stud long-term starting D tackle. Uh, will there be overwhelming love about the Chiefs first round pick on draft night? Mm, probably not. This one's hard to quantify. I'm going to say no. They're due for one of those weird ones where people are like, you know, the Clyde Edwards Lair one where people are like, really? <laughs> I feel like that's going to have it's going to be like Keon White or something and it's going to be a very divisive pick. All right, he is uh, Nick Springer. That's our time capsule. We'll see how he did in a while. Uh but Florida Man Mad Libs next. This is RCST. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Mad Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. All right, welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on KLWN with Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, and we welcome on Sam Speck for another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. Uh, one of my favorite points of the week, boys, and uh, we have a new leader in the leaderboard, Nick, Let's on go. top. That's right. Slim lead in the aggregate points, that but sucks, back Derek. on top. After week number four last week, Can't blame uh, me. it's just the randomizer. <laughs> that's what it is. See, I no, told I'm you. blaming you. And uh, by the way, he has now gone away from the randomizer this week, so he's just going to go I? back to uh, going on his gut, or maybe he's pulling For up all a randomizer. You know, I'm using a randomizer, but I'm just not telling you because I, just oh, don't, I, I honestly don't care because you're going to lose anyway. Whatever so his strategy whatever, may be. Yeah. Quick reminder for those at home: this is Florida Man Mad Libs. It is four different headlines, legitimate headlines. The first one will have only one redacted word from the headline, which then I will give them three options to guess what that word was. The first headline will only be worth one point, and then the next three will be upwards of worth three points because they will have two redacted words from the headline. You are encouraged to play at home. Maybe keep score for yourself as well. But again, Nick versus Derek, here we are. Week number five. You boys ready? I don't know if Derek's I'm not ready, no. All right. Well, I Derek, mean, no, you're going to have to be now. ready. Buckle up. Smoked. Buckle up, gentlemen, because we're going to actually have to go overseas. This one's oh. uh, from, from overseas. That's right. So a wow. blank landlord doesn't justify lowering rent. Now, again, this has nothing to do for what the, you know, about the landlord. This is something that the landlord was doing or how he was acting or something like that. Mm. Um, this is just some backup story context because obviously the first word is very important here. But something happened and they went to court about the landlord and it doesn't justify them lowering the rent for the action that the landlord did. So here okay. is the now redacted word. Either the drunk landlord, the naked sunbathing landlord, or the ablutophobic landlord, which is basically someone that is uh, afraid of bathing. Like they just have never washed, they don't oh. bathe or anything. I Yeah, no, I had to look up the word, but believe me. Uh, doesn't justify for lowering the rent. So a heavy complaint was made by many of the uh, tenants, but it doesn't justify because the courts ruled in his favor. But nonetheless... It's not a good option for either three of those. Okay. what do you, you want to go first? No. Nope. Because I have a pretty good idea of what I think it is. Okay. Go for it. I think it's naked sunbathing, and here's why. <laughs> oh, God. Let's say you own a building or whatever or a house, and you're going to rent it out to some people. 
and you know you've got a pool or whatever in the backyard maybe and so you go over there just occasionally to just uh you know hang out by the pool but you choose to do so naked but obviously that would make the tenants probably uncomfortable and so that's what i think it's about yeah with naked sunbathing landlord probably i would say most likely definitely so nick you're gonna lock in with uh, a naked sunbathing landlord. i mean think about it if your landlord was just naked sunbathing would you would that be okay with you probably not especially if i had children Especially if I had children, Derek. What are you locking it at here? Uh, what was the the other? Uh, a drunk landlord, so just obliviously drunk all times. Uh, a bloodophobic means again the fear of bathing. Somebody that has a phobia. Which that of one could be it too, because like somebody that your again, landlord comes over and they haven't bathed in their entire life, so they smell terrible. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's that one. Just because I I think Sam looked up just a funny word and just wants to try to <laughs> I, make it. I actually had. I don't to think a headline writer would write that because that'd be uh, like the point of the headline is try to get somebody to click. If I don't know what the word is, I'm not going to click on it. Yeah, it might. you, you, it might, you it almost might go to the definition. Your curiosity. First. I'm going to go with you. All right, both yep, locking in on naked sunbathing landlord, and it's a funny story because you're both correct, but it's actually just uh, it's an open courtyard area that uh, he just goes out and. Long John Simmons hangs out in the courtyard and gets some sun rays, I hangs guess. Out. Yeah, he does, but the court ruled Dude, in his favor. Dude, you can get sun rays anywhere. Like, and also, you don't well, need to be anywhere. naked. anywhere. You have to be outside. The court did need to rule be naked. in his favor. You have tan lines. <laughs> then go get a spray Derek tan. Derek is talking out of experience is what this sounds like. Spray tan's not real. <laughs> so. You need the real stuff. All right, you need so that both, vitamin with, D. Uh, both with one point there in round number one. Here we are moving on to the next three. Again, there is two redacted words now, upwards of three potential points here. Here we go. Now on down to the sunshine state of Florida. Florida man. He is on a uh, mode of transportation here. So a Florida man blank with blank was arrested after leading officers on a chase. So again, the first blank is a mode of transportation. We'll start Florida man either on a mountain bike, on a motorcycle, or in a forklift with blank was arrested after leading officers on a chase. And I love this story because it, right, so it was an odd one. The forklift is the one that immediately jumps out at you. It's like fitting of the Florida man title. However, what are the other options? Uh, mountain bike, motorcycle, or forklift. I know Florida men like their motorcycles too. I don't think it's mountain bike because I I don't I don't see that. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll use a, a page out of your book, Derek. I don't feel like that would that's what they would choose to write. They're just writing bike. You just say bike, yeah, yeah or something like same, that. Something else. So I'm torn between either motorcycle or forklift. Derek, what are your thoughts on this? Can you give me the the, the full sentence? Yeah, Florida with man in? either on a mountain bike, motorcycle, or forklift with blank was arrested after leading officers on a chase. Hmm. So again, either mountain bike, motorcycle, or forklift was his I, mode okay, of transportation. Okay, I'm going to go with motorcycle because how I'm envisioning this is it says on blank on a with chase. a blank. So it's with some, he has something else, right? Oh yeah. If he's on a motorcycle, it'd be easy for him to like be carrying. I don't know. I'm just envisioning like a sword or something. You know what I mean? Like he's just <laughs> waving a sword around. Um, okay. Whereas on the forklift, I'm, I'm trying to think what the width is. Although it could be forklift. Dude, he's Actually, got the forklift. He's got you know, whatever like he's on the forklift, on it, right? Yes, it's whatever he's on the forklift. It is forklift. So he used the forklift mm -hmm. to pick something up. I definitely up, agree. I don't think it's bike. And he's driving around with the forklift. Yeah, I think it is forklift. I think it's forklift and something oh, on the forklift. Well, I wanted to pick forklift, but now I talked Derek into it. Well, so so wait, where are we locking in at here, I gentlemen? I both going with forklift again. Okay, yeah. so you're going to both lock in at uh, forklift here. So now... This all could change here. So you're locked in at forklift. So again, Florida man, Florida man either on a mountain bike, on a motorcycle, or forklift with a stack of pallets, a dog, mm -hmm. or a safe was arrested after leading officers on a chase. I feel like stack of pallets is too obvious. You think so? 
I think it's too obvious. I don't think it's dog. Why not? I just don't. I mean, dogs can squirt, jump off. You like, could have the dog, like, you know. Yeah, with him in the cab or something the, like yeah, that. Yeah, or, with him in the driver's seat. I think it is safe. I think he was trying to steal a safe with the forklift. <laughs> He's oh, in trouble yeah, with like, like a, a bank heavy safe, yeah. 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 He was okay. safe. So, Derek, well, okay. you're going to lock in it safe there. I, I understand the logic of that thought process, but what I don't, what the reason why I don't think it's that is because. How would he possibly get the forklift into, like, if it's like a bank robbery, how would he get the forklift into whatever room he needed to get it into to get the safe? Well, I mean, you know it could be like a gun safe or like, like a where, house like, safe from a but home. But, like, again, like, I'm, I'm trying to envision how he gets the forklift into that location. That's also a good question So I'm going to go well. with, I'm going to go with dog. You can go with dog. Okay. So Nick locking in with dog. You at home locked in as well. Here it is. Full unredacted article from florida florida man on a motorcycle with mm. dog was arrested wow. after leading officers on a chase by the way uh he was not even in the state he was in louisiana but he was a florida man was the dog okay? he was fine he, yeah and was sent to a uh, humane society and later adopted by a oh, great, great family there so oh, there we go uh, the best out. part Happy was ending. was the picture uh the dog had a helmet and goggles on so uh <laughs> he was well protected but on a motorcycle just flying down the highway was it like a, so, did he have a sidecar for the dog no, or was no it just... he was on the motor like riding in front of the guy so let me ask you a question Sam. do you ever change up <laughs> the answers to the second blank after we answer the first one <laughs> really like, uh -uh. You, like see look mean? i have well, i was little, just wondering in my head, oh. after we both answered that he added, he added the crates one the, that one wasn't in there if you'll How, notice i, I had like a little curious. star no, I, I, yeah 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 <laughs> I was just I'll show you curious. my method when, uh, when we, well, we uh, No, no, no. We don't want to yeah. know the. We don't need to know the secrets to the madness here. Well, there needs I to be a veil of that. I wanted to know that. Be, no, the, there needs uh, to be a veil of mm. of secrecy. I think. No, but I, I don't think you should be able to add new. No, no. Answers. No, I've got that. Uh, yeah, I, I've got them locked. Why not? That you makes not it, change it. No, that makes it more fun. No, and no, it I, doesn't. I, I, I do have them locked in. We we do have uh, integrity here. We've it's got integrity random here. enough. You don't need to. Yeah, we're we've got random enough people down in Florida committing. If it's these so things, random. So. Then why do I? But keep Nick playing? with a two-one lead. Why? No, because I'm better than you. <laughs> obviously, with a two-one lead after uh, the first uh, round here <laughs> in round number two. Here we go. Number two, a nude Florida man steals blank, puts blank inside, police say. So, <laughs> here we go. A nude Florida man steals either a school bus, a garden tractor, or a wheelbarrow and puts blank inside, police say. So, we'll start with redacted word number one again. Either a school bus, a garden tractor, or a wheelbarrow. Okay, I don't think it's garden tractor because I don't know what you would put inside of it. Like, how do you put it inside? There's a lot of room. In, well, I mean, like a bigger a John Deere, you could, I, I mean, like you can tractor. put attachments yeah. on okay, it and things fine. like that. Yeah. But I think it might, mm, I don't know. Like a guy stealing a wheelbarrow, is that really a headline worthy? <laughs> Depends on what he put in it. That's what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like it <laughs> I mean, could be. Yeah. I'm going to go with wheelbarrow. Okay, so wheel, wheelbarrow it is for Nick. Lock it in there. Derek, what are your thoughts here? Again, stealing either a school bus, garden tractor, or a wheelbarrow. Again, the second redacted word is where this will get interesting. Think about how ridiculous it sounds to envision a guy naked running around with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think any of these are... I don't know. <laughs> um, my immediately thought was like, again, with the headline thing, I feel like they just write tractor, not garden tractor. But then again, I don't... I don't know. Why would Sam write garden tractor? Like, why would he be that specific? I'm just going to go garden tractor. Garden tractor okay. for Derek. Okay, so he's kind of well, going because with that method. I'm guessing a garden tractor is like just a small, well, smaller tractor. Yeah, it's like a it's not like John a, Deere or a Cub yeah, Cadet or something or like, like a, that. Or, like, a, like, a lawn, like a riding lawnmower size. 
type. Something of that. So here we go. Nude Florida man steals again either a school bus, garden tractor, or wheelbarrow, then puts manure, a bunch of dead deer, I didn't mean to say bunch, just dead deer, or an oak tree inside, police say. So I'll read that again. Nude Florida man steals either a school bus, garden tractor, or wheelbarrow, and puts manure, dead deer, or an oak tree inside, police say. That Dude. was much better read. Those, there we go. None of those even make any sense. One will after you hear the, the context I think of the, the story. first one is actually school bus. <clears throat> and um, okay, why? I'm not going to tell you why. Ooh, he's got a he's got an idea now. What do you he's mean? thinking. What, what what does it matter? I already <laughs> locked in, so it doesn't matter. Okay, you've locked in your second answer. No, I locked. Okay, in my first well answer. then I'm not going to tell you why it's school bus because it's going to impact my second answer. <laughs> so he's he's hedging his I bets guess, now. I don't know so what, what do you think it is? is? If you he's, think he's going to make me go first, first. He, now he thinks that I'm going to just steal his answer. Oh, I okay. see. So the oak tree is interesting, but I don't. Under, I mean, I I don't think it's that just because of the logistics of it. The dead deer, I I have a lot of questions about, and <laughs> the manure obviously is just kind of a classic naked guy with poop, so that's possible. <laughs> yeah. I am going to pick. Dead deer. Dead deer. Okay, so Nick going with dead deer. Lock it. Are you locking in there? So lock it in with dead deer. So, so Derek, can, what was yeah. your thing? I'm gonna go with oak tree. I think he stole a school bus. It fit in laterally. He took it in through the back. Uh, but reason explain why? Explain to me why he would. Yeah, <laughs> trees are very expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. Not if he's already tore it down and it's ripped it out of the ground. Well, maybe he went well, he to like some it? logging thing that or anything like that. That also like doesn't that. explain why he's naked. I. I don't know. We're going with it. Why not? So he's locking in there. And here's what it is. Full unredacted. A nude Florida man steals a school bus. So unfortunately, you locked in too early there, but you were right. But uh, not right on the second one. It mm. was dead deer, and it was mm. a lot of them inside the school bus. Was he was he propping he, them up? Was he having them understand. sit and acting he, no, like he, he was just like... No, he just piled them in there. Now, but, okay. the use of them was where for uh, get, fertilization. Where did he get uh, all the dead deer? I think he was a hunter or something like that, or whichever it may have been, and needed a, something so to transport. Bus, I still have not he heard... he hunted the dead deer. He I needed use of transport I still of have all. not heard any reason why he needed to be naked in the process of doing all this. I think it was in the process of eluding the police at one point or something like that. He stripped all his clothes off so they wouldn't recognize the clothing he was what? wearing or something like that. But I don't know what these people are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. naked. Uh, <laughs> 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 we, we don't question the... Well, I, mean, we I understand, do question that, I understand that not a lot of logic goes on with some of these things. But well, Nick does get the dead a, deer in the back of the school bus there. So I'm another up, point, up but... Three uh, to one now? It, yes, three to one, but still an opportunity for Derek to come back here in this last one. This is where we step out and head to the Midwest for a new state. Actually, I haven't had one out of this state in this segment before. An Ohio man is arrested for an alleged um, crime, is what it is, for an alleged crime with, uh, well, so blank. Let me just restart that. An Ohio man arrested for an alleged blank with blank. And it is an alleged crime. We'll get to that one here in just a moment. An Ohio man arrested for an alleged disorderly conduct, sex act, or burglary with a blank. Hmm. What? Oh, he's going back to chance. Okay. And for those, that, I mean, we're. I guess we're on the radio. Derek's flipping a coin <laughs> to determine what his answer. It'll be the second one. Sex act. Sex acts. Okay, so you're sure. locking I in the sex act. I think that might be the answer that I'll go with too, because I don't think disorderly conduct is it. Burglary could be. Hmm. 
I will. I'll just pick burglary just to be different from Derek. Okay, so burglary. Derek's gonna lock in. Both of you guys are gonna lock in. So it's gonna be different there. So here is the second one: Ohio man arrested for alleged again burglary, disorderly conduct, or sex act with a PVC pipe, a stolen taxi, or an inflatable raft. So okay, again, these are I've well, heard some crazier things. The third one. Me. I think that's the raft. Inflatable raft. An inflatable raft. Okay, so Derek locking I, in with an inflatable wait, raft. Listen, Derek, for your answer, I went to the PVC pipe <laughs> for various reasons. Anyways, uh, what, I, wait, I think for the burglary, various reasons. I think for the burglary, it makes the most sense to pick taxi. I don't. I mean, I don't understand what. I mean, I guess he could use the PVC pipe as like a weapon for the <laughs> burglary, and like the inflatable raft. Like maybe if he's like burglarizing a boat, and he. Or like that, he's carrying everything he like stole or something in the raft and I just suppose. dragging it along. Or Maybe. I, I, I don't just, think that's very plausible. Yeah, who I'm going to go with ta- stolen taxi. Okay, so stolen taxi for Nick there. Okay, so here it is. An Ohio man uh, arrested for an alleged sex act sex act with an inflatable raft. And it uh, was in a back alley. Wait, so Derek got both those right? He got both of them right. That is correct right there. So Derek, Random. Uh, on, uh, however it was, you went to you. <laughs> I, wait, let me, let me calculate. So random means, three points. You won. Nick three points. Derek one point. Once yeah. again, random is the king. That's and no. and you were discrediting it, I, it for a moment there at the beginning, trying to go back. I was to trying to gut. prove something. See, we went back to it <laughs> and immediately did better on That's one answer. That's what it was. So an Ohio man trying to outdo the Florida man. I'm going to try and go back and forth between those states, and we'll we'll, we'll have a, a almost little in-house competition between the two of them. But oh. uh, speaking of that, uh, Derek, I think with a comeback victory there. Yeah, by three. one point, and that ties the aggregate points. So you guys are now tied, but Derek back on top with a the two. The coin one, has been two. the best random so far, so uh, maybe we'll do that next week. <laughs> there you go. All right, I do so have one for you, Sam. Let's hear it. Here we go. Florida teacher fired for making students blank says he blank. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, making students right. what? what did so he- Florida teacher fired for making students blank says he blank. Florida teacher fired for making students do suicides play strip poker, write their own obituaries, says he <laughs> Oh, blank. wow. Those are all really bad. Wow. Okay. Uh, I am deuce. going to pick uh, write their own obituaries. Yeah, I was gonna, that's the that's one I, I was going to go with. I mean, do suicides. That's like in the gym, right? Yeah, Just yeah. The up-downs. Yeah, so yeah, making them run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making okay, them run. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, making them run. I mean, making that's, them run. Come on. He was no, a gym teacher. Gym that class, yeah. That's, yeah, the obits, that's immediately okay. where I go with that one. What was his reasoning here? Uh, Florida teacher fired for making students, so you both wrote, write their own obitu- obituaries, says he, sorry, not sorry, <laughs> taught them a valuable lesson, and didn't do anything wrong. Oh, wow. So just completely rejecting any sort of responsibility. I think he taught them a valuable lesson. That's what I think he thinks. Uh, I'm going to go sorry, not sorry. The correct answer, Florida teacher fired for making students write their own obituaries, says he didn't do anything wrong. Oh, <laughs> so again, just completely rejects it. <laughs> just yeah. doesn't see the issue with it at all. No, at all. Oh, man. All uh, right, boys. Well, uh, again, a lot of fun. Derek comes away with week five victory, takes back that number one slot. We'll see you next Wednesday with another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. Peace out. All right. Thanks. That's Sam Speck with Nick Springer, Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN, depending on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN and Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.